Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week. Bad news. This program is pre-recorded. So if you want up-to-date analysis of exciting world, local and and national events, buzz off. It is pre-recorded. I take four days off a year. Tanaminawaya Moorbor Hina Day, which is basically Frontier War Day, which is the 20th of January. I take off the 1st of May, not for the usual reasons. I take off the 1st of May because the 1st of May is the anniversary of the establishment of the first anarchist group in Australia. The Melbourne Anarchist Club was established on the 1st of May, 1886. I take the 3rd of June off, which is Mabo Day, the day when the High Court of Australia in 1992 recognised that Australians that Australians, Indigenous people, both Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, had rights to land in law because of their previous occupation of this land. And I take off the 3rd of December, which is Eureka Day. Now, I'm sure you're all very keen to take off Invasion Day on the 26th of January, uh, the Queen's Birthday, Anzac Day, Easter, Christmas... And the list goes on and on, but I'm not interested in those days. I usually work. And that's the key, isn't it? Isn't it? Really, you really, really think about it, isn't it? We spend most of our lives celebrating and marking events and days in the history of this nation that really mean nothing at all to people who are involved in that struggle to create an egalitarian community and a community without rulers, where ultimate political authority rests in the hands of the people, not the state, the government of the day, the corporate sector or the bureaucracy, but the people. And anarchism is a simple concept. It's about creating a society without rulers. There's no debate about its definition. But the debate is about how you create that society without rulers and what it will look like. And as power and wealth are at the epicentre of inequality, irrespective of cultural practices, 
religious viewpoints, racial tones, you know, power and wealth are at the epicentre of inequality in all communities. And obviously, if you're an anarchist, what you want to do, what you want to do is to create a society where power is devolved and wealth is redistributed. Very simple. Because anarchy is not about creating a society without rules where everyone does whatever they like to everybody else as long as they've got the guns to do it. You can go to many parts of the world today and uh, experience that if you want to. But anarchism is about creating a society without rules in the best way that I know, and possibly I'm wrong, because I'm wrong on many situations. The best way to do that is through direct democratic mechanisms where the people involved in the decision make that decision uh, and then elect or appoint delegates to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional and national level. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. I'm not saying that we need to share toothbrushes, but what I'm saying is that property, in essence, belongs to the community as a whole, and it is yours while you use it. Now, obviously, you can't use two beds simultaneously, and you can't use two homes simultaneously, And that's the whole concept. Very simple. It's about creating a society where every individual has the ability to develop themselves to their fullest potential. So, all right. Now that we've got that over and done with. So what are we doing about it in 2016? Well, we continue the task of trying to unravel the puzzle. What puzzle? Well, the puzzle about existence in 21st century Australia. Not the puzzle about the meaning of life, but the puzzle about how it is that less than 25 million people living on a continent still continue to grapple with issues which should have been resolved decades ago. Things like access to health, access to education access to wealth, and the list goes on and on. Because although we use the terminology of equality and we love to think of ourselves as an egalitarian community, we need to understand that as far as the Western world is concerned, Australia is one of the most unequal societies in the Western world. Less than 1% of the population owns 40% of the wealth. And 40% of the population own less than 1% of the wealth. Very simple. Is it because that 40% are lazy, incompetent, inefficient, idiots? Well, it's not. And we continue to find ourselves in this situation. It's quite fascinating to see how Mr Murdoch has been able... Not Mr Murdoch, my apologies, Mr Turnbull, I get them confused, has been able to turn around the fortunes of the Liberal National Party by becoming Prime Minister. Because when it comes to issues, 
although we attempt to grapple with the issues of sexism and racism, and the list goes on and on, on a superficial basis. When it comes to the central issue, and there is a central issue, and that's about power, who exercises power and for what reason they exercise that power, there's never any debate. And there's never any debate in Australian society because we have created a community with a means of communication. And basically, apart from a, you know, a handful of exceptions like uh, this program, the mechanisms of communication are owned by a few individuals. It's that simple. It's simple. Now, a lot of people tell me that the advent of the internet has democratised debate. It's democratised society because we all have access instantaneously to knowledge. Do we? And does it really make much difference whether you have access to information? Does it really make much difference? You know, if if those who are ruling us wear green or pink or yellow or purple or white, no, it doesn't. And that's, that's, that's the central issue. It's about power. Who exercises power and for what reasons? Now, we are told ad nauseum we live in a democratic society. We, the people, have the ability at local, state and federal elections to elect representatives that reflect our opinions. We live in a representative democracy, and that's the key. We live in a representative democracy. We give people power to make decisions for us for a fixed period of time, and those people who make decisions for us, don't fear us, the people they represent. Their greatest fear is that the corporate sector will desert them and use their resources to ensure they will never obtain parliamentary power. So when it comes to parliamentary debate and, more importantly, parliamentary legislation, you will find ad nauseum that the type of legislation that is comes into Parliament is the same one over and over again. There is no legislation which actually looks at tackling the central issues, the central issues about concentration of wealth in the hands of a small percentage of the population and concentration of power in that same small percentage of the population. Now, as I said before, I'm broadcasting today on Frontier War Day, and Frontier War Day is the day that marks the execution of Tanaminawea Mōbōhina, two Indigenous freedom fighters who originated from Tasmania, who with three women, Traganini, Putirana and Planobina, were involved in insurrectionary activity around Melbourne and the Dandenong Ranges and the Mornington Peninsula in 1841. And for their troubles, they were tried... The two men were found guilty and hanged on the 20th of January 1842. And since 2006, 
the Tanaminawai Mobile Hine Commemoration Committee, which was initially established by the Anarchist Moon Institute in 2008, we have been held commemorations and we set ourselves four major tasks. We set ourselves the task of organising a gathering every year on the 20th of January 1842 to mark the judicial murder of Tanaminawe Morbohina for the heinous crime of taking up arms to defend their way of life, their culture, their language, their lands. We wish to highlight the injustice of what happened on that day, not just for historical reasons, but because it's quite extraordinary that in 2016 we continue to refuse to acknowledge the brutality of the colonisation process in this country. Thirdly, we want to establish a major monument to Tanaminawea Moorboyhina, Putirana, Planabina and Traganini, in the Melbourne CBD, to highlight the importance of the frontier wars in the creation of this society and the fact that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people never ceded their sovereign rights over the land. And this year, after 11 years of agitation, this year, that monument will be established. Not at the uh, execution site. And after a lot of negotiation and activity and pushing and pulling, it will become a reality in 2016. Fourthly, we wanted to kick-start the stalled reconciliation process that exists between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Because we've got to remember that on the Australian continent and the islands surrounding this continent, the people had lived in this area for almost for over 60,000 years. And we had over 200 distinct First Nation states who had their own boundaries, their own cultures, their own language, their own laws. And these people, from the Torres Strait to the tip of Tasmania, never ceded their sovereign rights. There's no treaty between those who were dispossessed and those who did the dispossessing. Unfortunately, as far as this issue is concerned, we have got nowhere Nowhere. Because reconciliation is no longer an issue. It's been taken off the political and social agenda, cultural agenda. It is no longer an issue in 21st century Australia. It's not an issue. It doesn't exist. So if you do find yourself in the Melbourne CBD on Wednesday the 20th of January... I encourage you strongly to join us at the Tanaminawe and Morbohina commemoration, which will be held at midday at the corner of Bowen and Franklin Street in Melbourne, which is opposite the city baths next to RMIT. You can't miss it. We'll be there. 
we have a whole bevy of speakers from Indigenous and non-Indigenous, from Victoria and Tasmania, a whole bevy of speakers. And obviously, the first hour of the ceremony will be broadcast live on Community Radio 3CR. And if you can't access Community Radio 3CR via the normal radio bits and pieces, the program, the uh, cele- the uh, commemoration will be streaming live on 3cr.org.au. At one o'clock, we'll be walking from the execution site to what we believe is their last burial ground under the Queen Victoria Market. So join us, two or three hours of your time. Bring the children. It's important we bring children to this event to highlight to them this country's history. Because in order to move forward in any situation like this, what has happened needs to be acknowledged. If it's not acknowledged, you will never get to the never get to the stage of uh, reconciliation, if that's possible. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. So great opportunity. Join us on the 20th of January. And more importantly, go to the website, tunnemall.org, T-U-N-N-E-R-M-A-U-L.org. If what we have done here in Melbourne interests you, use what we have done as a template to organise your own group in your own part of Australia because this story was repeated ad nauseum for over 140 years as this country was colonised and pacified. You like that word? Pacified. Contact local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander groups. Have a chat to them. Form a joint committee. Learn the history. And then do something to acknowledge it. Because on almost every street corner in this land, there are monuments to men and women, Australians, who died fighting other people's wars in foreign lands. And to some people, the 25th of April is the most important day in Australian history. What's important to realise is that another group of people before that fought on this continent to maintain their traditions, their land, their culture, their languages, their laws, their families. And they have been written out of the historical record of this country, although some minor um, attempts have been made to rectify that. These attempts to rectify it have never captured the public imagination. And one way this can be done is through the establishment of monuments to the frontier walls across the land. And this can be done by the more radical elements of Australian society. It can be done, and you can do it. If we can do it, you can do it. Because... 
we're not exceptional. We're just ordinary at the end of the day. We are ordinary people. But the difference is we were willing to take up the issue. When the Tanaminawai Moabohina first commemoration was carried out in 2006, there was a wholesale 10-year program to actually write out the colonial wars, the frontier wars out of this country's history. We saw the Howard government ably assisted by the Murdoch media doing everything it can could to rewrite the historical record. So this is your chance to set the record straight. Let's move on. Now the Wednesday Action Group is another little group that I'm involved in here in uh, Melbourne. It was established in 1999. That's right, a long time ago. 17 years ago, and we've got two main aims. One was to reclaim public space for political activity because across the cities and across the towns in this country, you attempt to become involved in political activity and you're faced with police and private security guards, especially in the larger capital cities. Because every inch of space is theoretically private property. And apart from the footpaths, there's nowhere else for people to go. So the Wednesday Action Group was formed for that very reason, to reclaim that public space, to interact directly with people on the street. I know you can interact with millions on the internet, but unfortunately that type of interaction basically leads to mental masturbation in the majority of cases. And there's nothing like eyeballing somebody and discussing certain things. So the Wednesday Action Group has been every Wednesday at 11.30, some, somewhere in the Melbourne CBD, some place which is in some corporate headquarters or institutional public headquarters, we are there. And it has, to a large degree, been successful. Because we've been successful because despite attempts to remove us, we have been able to continue to conduct these peaceful activities and we have been able to interact with people with leaflets, discussions, petitions to highlight important issues of the day. And currently I think there are a few petitions with the Wednesday Action Group. There's the there's the uh, a Royal Commission to Corruption in Victoria. It's interesting. You can have a Royal Commission to Corruption Trade Unions but no state government or no federal government wants to hold a Royal Commission into Corruption you know, in the corporate sector, do they? Well, maybe because it's all corrupt. It's also a uh, petition to defend and extend Medicare, another one to establish a new people's bank. And why a new people's bank? You want competition in the privately owned banking sector? You need a public bank to provide that competition. Otherwise, uh, nothing changes. All the privately owned banks do is, uh, you know, uh, pat each other on the back as they maximise their profits at your expense. And also a petition for a 1% turn stock market turnover tax, where the stock market goes up or down, 1% tax on every share that is bought and sold, you know, to be used for the public good. But this is just one little tiny, minuscule group. There's no point having rights if you don't exercise that right. And while we still have that right to be able to assemble on public space to articulate 
political ideas, well, then we should exercise those rights. And uh, once again, the Wednesday Action Group in Melbourne will be uh, in action, and their first action will be on Wednesday the 3rd of February at 11.30am outside the Australian Broadcasting Corporation headquarters in Melbourne or Victoria at 120 South Bank Boulevard in South Bank. So join us, 11.30 to 12.30. And the Wednesday after that, Wednesday Action Group, that's on the 10th, will be outside the stock market, the Australian stock market, the Melbourne stock market at 525 Street. What I'm saying to you is be visible. You know, you can get RSI from click activism and get nowhere apart from your RSI. If you want change, you need to be visible on the streets. They can basically deal with an electronic challenge, but it's much more difficult to deal with peaceful people on the streets articulating ideas. Much more difficult. And not only do, it also gives you the ability to interact with like-minded people on issues which are important to us. So form your own Wednesday Action Group, Thursday Action Group, Friday Action Group, Monday Action Group, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, as long as it's regular. And you'll be amazed at the impact that you can have, especially in smaller communities. A bit more difficult in a larger city of four or five million, but in smaller communities it can have a major impact very quickly. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Have a look at the website, anarchistmedia.org. And don't forget that if you're listening to this program, on Wednesday the 20th of January... Come and join us midday, if you can, at the corner of Bowen and Franklin Street in Melbourne for the Tanaminaway Marlborough Hina commemoration on the 20th of January, a commemoration which marks the uh, frontier wars in this country. Let's move on. Now, for the last two years, we've been holding a very low-key campaign which attracts just a few dozen people. Uh, against Murdoch and his minions. And this campaign has revolved around the Resist Murdoch's Minions uh, group congregating outside the Herald and Weekly Times building, outside the Forecourt, which is upstairs in Melbourne at 40 City Road, Melbourne. At the end of last year, we decided to expand this activity. And we decided to expand the activity because... The Murdoch issue, and I'm not talking about what he and his employees do in terms of bastardising news, but I'm talking about the fact that he, we have one of the largest corporations in this country receiving $886 million tax refund in 2013, that's News Corporation, not paying any taxes in 2014, that's the 2014 financial year, you know, it's just an extraordinary situation. But 
the issue is that we now find ourselves in a situation where this behaviour is normal. We've just received information that one third of Australians' companies paid no tax. And I'm talking about little mum and dad companies or companies with, you know, less than $50 million turnover. I'm talking about large transnational corporations, one third paid no tax, and the rest of them basically paid voluntary taxation. And the beauty is you can do it legally in Australia. And you can do it legally in Australia because Parliament doesn't have the will or the guts to pass legislation to ensure the corporate sector pulls its fair share, pulls its weight. And it's quite funny, isn't it? You hear about, you hear, you know, corporate bosses getting up and saying, well, the trouble with Australian workers is that, you know, they're uneducated. And on the other hand, they're saying, you know, we don't pay any taxes. We don't, we don't actually support the public. All we do is basically is employ people. End of story. And they pay the taxes. But they don't pay any taxes on their profits. And they do it legally. Now, this is a huge issue. This is the central issue, not just of the 2016 election, but it's the central issue for the rest of the century. Because you cannot have a community where people's basic needs are met if the richest section of that community pays voluntary taxation. Not only isn't there any money to provide public education, public health, public infrastructure, public housing, and the list goes on and on, but just as importantly... It allows these large corporations who are totally unaccountable to the Australian people, whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs. That's their, major, that's their only responsibility. It allows them to destroy small business. Now, small business, we are told, employs 5 million people, about 40% of the workforce in this country. Five million. That's what we're told. But how can a small business that pays its taxes compete with a multinational corporation that pays voluntary taxation? They can't. And the irony is that most small businesses see their employees as the enemy. They think it's the wages they pay in their employees which is their major issue. Well, the major issue is the fact that they, they cannot compete. There is no level playing field. They cannot compete with these large corporations. And isn't it about time the smaller businesses in this country began to campaign on this issue? So last year... We form public interest before corporate interest. And public interest before corporate interest is an umbrella group of individuals who have come together who believe that it's important that in a civil society, in a civilised society, that the interests of the population as a whole, that's the public, 
is put before the intersectional interests, the interests of corporations. It is the fundamental, fundamental struggle that continues ad nauseum in a capitalist society, putting public interest before corporate interest. And over the last 40 years, during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation and corporatisation revolution, yes, I've used those four words again, and I'll explain them. I will explain them because it's very easy to use words which people don't understand. What's privatisation? It's very simple. Privatisation is when assets which have been built up through the blood, sweat and tears of generations of Australians are given away or sold to the private sector. Not only does privatisation get rid of, in majority of cases, institutions which are providing services and which are making a profit which come back into the public purse, but more importantly... They provide real competition to the corporate sector in that sphere of activity they are involved in. What happened when the Commonwealth Bank was privatised in 1982 by the Labor government? What we saw was the privately owned banks maximise their profits at their customers' expense because there was no real competition in that sector. So we continue to see privatisation as a central plank of that neoliberal revolution. And we've got to the stage today where there are hardly any public assets and all the public assets which were privatised, whether it was telecom or you know, whether it was uh, the airports, or whether it was uh, the Commonwealth Bank and the list goes on and on, all those institutions which were privatised one was sold below market value, but more importantly, prices have actually increased for those goods and services, not decreased since the privatisation of that marketplace. That's what privatisation is. So what's this big word, corporatisation? It's what I've been speaking about. Corporatisation is when unaccountable corporations, corporations which are not accountable to the government of the day or the state or the nation state, when they determine the laws. I can hear you thinking, well, Joe, you finally lost your marbles. Joe Toscano, you're a bloody idiot. How can corporations determine the laws? Well, it's very simple. If you're so big, and you have so much influence that the people's representative in Parliament fear you more than they fear the people they represent. There's never any changes as far as legislation is concerned. And any legislation which is passed basically suits that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication. That's what corporatisation is about. When the corporate sector sets the political agenda, the economic agenda, the cultural agenda, the social agenda. And if you don't think they set, set those agendas, in a society where access to wealth means everything, it's unaccountable corporations who do the running, who determine what type of society we are. Simple. 
That's what corporatisation is. What's globalisation? Globalisation is very simple. It's when nation states give up their sovereign rights to overseas corporations. That's what it is. When nation states give up their sovereign rights. I mean, we're all told that we need to globalise. We need to allow people to trade with this country on a so-called level playing field. But there's no level playing field anywhere in the world. How are Australian workers expected to compete with workers who are paid a dollar a day in the Philippines or Thailand or Indonesia? It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. There's no level playing field. So what we are seeing by globalisation is Australia giving up its sovereign economic rights. I know they like to jump up and down and, you know, thump the table and say over and over again, you know, we will determine who comes to this country. We have the duty to protect our borders. We have the sovereign right to protect our borders when it comes to economic activities, when it comes to overseas pirates raiding this country. We lower the drawbridge every time. Every free trade agreement that's been signed has a section in it which says quite openly and blatantly that if a national parliament passes legislation in the interests of the people they represent which actually has an impact on the profits made by a private corporation well, that private corporation is entitled to compensation. It's a little bit like the transurban contract in Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne is one of the few cities in the world, one of the large capital cities in the world, which doesn't have a direct rail link to the airport. There'll never be a direct rail link to the airport while transurban contract remains in place. That's going to remain in place for another 30 or 40 years, unless there's a revolution, of course, which is always on the cards. Every day, that's radical social change is on the card. Because there's a little section which says that if you do something which decreases the number of cars on our road, because it's our road, we own it, well, then you've got to compensate us. I mean, that's what what's about. So globalisation, think about that. And last of all is deregulation. Now, we are told regulations are bad. Well, in many cases, regulations are good. And deregulation is about removing restrictions on the corporate sector and giving them the ability to act any way they like. That's what deregulation is about. It's about watering down environmental legislation. It's about watering down workplace legislation. That's what it's about. So that's those four fancy words. They basically say you've been screwed and it's been done legally, and you're not going to be able to do anything about it through the right channels or through Parliament. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Every day, that's what it's about. Every single moment of the day, that's what it's about. So this year, we've said enough is enough. So through the establishment of public interest before corporate interests and through the establishment of other groups, we will be... Congregate. And again, this is something you can do in your part of Australia. It doesn't matter if you live in a town of 50 people, 
50,000, a half a million, four and a half, five million like in Sydney and Melbourne. It doesn't matter. The key is you need to stop clicking on the internet, stop tweeting inane comments and get out on the streets. And we're going to give you that opportunity. If you live in Melbourne, at 4.30pm on the first Friday of the month, we'll be meeting at Federation Square. That's, uh, again, see, that's privatised space, Federation Square. Although public taxpayers' money, about a billion dollars, was used to create Federation Square, it is run by a private corporation on behalf of the state government. And Federation Square is private space, so we've got very little respect for private public space because we think it should be public space. So we'll be meeting there at 4.30 on 4.30pm. And at 5pm on Friday, that's the first row of the month, Friday the 5th of February, we'll be marching down to the Herald and Weekly Time Building at 40 City Road in Melbourne to highlight our displeasure at the fact that the Murdoch Corporation, that News Limited and 21st Century Fox, basically not only pay minimal taxation, less than 1%, but also receive tax refunds, courtesy of the Australian taxpayer, or legally, of course, because of the weak taxation laws. And we'll do it on the first Friday in March, but then we may go somewhere else. Because all those companies that were listed that didn't pay tax, that one-third of the major corporations in this society that didn't pay tax or paid and those that paid voluntary taxation, they all have fancy offices in the CBD of your city. It would be nice to remind them that they are there courtesy of us, not we're here courtesy of them. That they are there and they make their profits courtesy of us. And it's about time they cough back into the public purse. So this Friday, I mean Friday, the um, first Friday in February, which will be the 5th of February, 4.30pm, Federation Square, 5pm, March to 40 City Road in Melbourne to highlight, highlight these issues about the corporate sector not pulling their fair, their weight. In March, first Friday of the month, 4.30pm, Federation Square, 5pm, we'll be marching to a secret destination. The same in April and May and June and July and August, and September, and October, and November. And it doesn't matter when the federal election takes place. We're not going to be, you know, jumping up and down because of some federal election. I mean, federal election's fine. Interesting situation where you can raise issues. We'll be marching to our own drum. We'll be marching to our own drumbeat. And our drumbeat is the devolution of power, and the redistribution of wealth. And if that means a major confrontation with the corporate sector, so be it. But the key is to that confrontation is peaceful protest. Because there's, if there's one thing the state loves, it's violence. When violence occurs, the state justifies its existence. It is there to protect the citizen from the other. But when the state acts violently towards its citizens who are going about protest in a very peaceful, methodical manner, the state always loses. 
It doesn't matter how many people are jailed, roughed up. At the end of the day, the state is the loser. But once, as an opposition, you resort to violence, they're the winner because they have a monopoly. That's right. What the state is, it's an apparatus that has a monopoly on the use of violence. They have the laws which allow them to use violence. They have the instruments which allow them to exercise that violence and they have the people in the armed forces and the police who can actually work on their behalf. Because ultimately, although the police are there to maintain order and uphold the law, ultimately their responsibility is to maintain the status quo. So peaceful, mass protest is the best way to influence and change legislation. And if we can convince enough Australians in 2016 that this is the way forward, that it's time that the corporate sector pull their fair share of weight, that we looked at things like a 1% stock market turnover tax or, say, a 1% turnover tax on any corporation or individual that turns over, say, more than $5 million a year, that we looked at more creative ways of actually sucking out tax from corporations which turn over billions of dollars and pay no taxation in this country, well, then maybe, just maybe, we would have an adequate public education system where, you know, children do learn the basics. We may have an adequate public health system where you don't have to wait three or four years for a hip replacement. We may have adequate public infrastructure where we don't need to sell off public assets or give away the right to private corporations to provide essential infrastructure and essential services. Maybe we would have more profitable public institutions which would give money back to the state to provide those services. That's what the whole purpose of having publicly owned corporations is all about. So this is another option you could follow. I mean, I know it's the beginning of the year. We looked at a lot of options this morning, but this is all today. This is this is another option. But all these options, whether they're small or large, all these options require participation. They require participation by people in events, not just through the electronic media but through direct action on the streets, in the workplace, in the community. That's what is required. And if you think you can resolve things through a Twitter 24-hour Twitter storm, it doesn't work that way. There's always a new Twitter storm around the corner. And if you think you can resolve it by you know having a flash mob appear occasionally it doesn't work that way in order to obtain change we need to work at at it in as many mediums as possible but understanding that ultimately ultimately a depoliticized population will allow anything to occur, will lose all the rights and liberties that have been won by the blood, sweat and tears of generations before them if they don't do something about it. And that's the key. That's the key about being an anarchist. Now, look, I call myself a 21st century anarchist 
fancy label, isn't it, 21st century anarchists. You know, I'm not burdened by ideological certainty or historical precedent because it was done this way and it's been done this way for 100 years or 150 years. It doesn't mean it's right or it's good or it's right for the particular situation I find myself in. I mean, we've got to look at what we've got. We've got to look at what's possible and we've got to work towards what's possible. Because when you work towards what's possible, the impossible eventually becomes possible. And to a large degree, that revolves repetition. Because what do we have in mainstream, what do we have in society as a whole? Repetition. When you go on the net and you have all those ads, when you, you know, watch TV and you've got all those ads, when you buy pay TV, you pay for the shit and you've got all those ads and you listen to radio and you've got all those ads. What do you got? Repetition. Repetition. Capitalism is good. Making money is good. Exploiting your neighbour is good. That's what you've got. Investing is good. It's all good. It's all good, mate. Don't worry about it. That's what you get. Repetition. Over and over and over and over again. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Capitalism is good. Creating profits is good. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you get constantly. So in order to break that, in order to break that little nexus, what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to pop up, pop up in the real world, not just the virtual world, but pop up in the real world on a variety of issues, on a variety of days, a variety of times. Just pop up and be there and say, you need to listen to us. Because ultimate political authority in a democratic society rests in the hands of the people. It doesn't automatically rest in the hands of the people. It rests in the hands of a vigilant population. Because if you're not willing to exercise what few rights and liberties you have, now you will lose those rights and liberties. And if you think that you're stronger than the state... Well, you're not. We're here to subvert the state and we do it through peaceful political action because if there's one thing they cannot tolerate, if there's not one thing they can't tolerate, it's peaceful political activity because it highlights who exercises violence in this country. Because what we've seen over the last 40 years is an attempt to criminalise people like you and me, criminalise trade unionists, criminalise workplace activists, criminalise activists, as if trying to create a better world is some type of criminal undertaking. And that if you're involved in protest, that if you're involved in extra-parliamentary activity, you know, in between elections, that somehow somehow you're a deviant, that somehow you've got no place in the society. The only people who've got a place in the society are those who currently exercise power in society. And everybody else is basically an extra. That's what they are, an extra. Not needed, not wanted, except to consume. Because the 21st capitalist mantra is very simple. 
And it's the same as the 19th century and the 20th century and the 18th century. It's very simple. Consume, defecate, die quietly. That's right. Consume, defecate, die quietly. And if we can ensnare you into the investment classes, if we can pass legislation which uh, rewards the investor in 21st century Australia, whether it's neg- negative gearing or you know, claiming stock market losses as tax deductions, well and good, because then we will dominate life in this world. So think about it. New year, new activity. You're bored, you're listless, got nothing to do. Got, got uh, you know, uh, click activism RSI. Nothing changes. Sick of the Twitter, sick of your Twitter stream. Well, come on. If there's nobody you like out there, you can always form your own group and your own association. Because the key to change is people taking action, organising and taking action in a peaceful manner, confronting and staring down the force of the state and the forces of private capital because ultimately what type of society we have, what type of society we leave our children and their children to a large degree depends on our participation in the political process in this country and our participation should not be limited and must not be limited to the act of casting a ballot every three to four years to elect a representative. It's much, much more than that. And if they think you're a criminal for being involved in that behaviour, that's their problem. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been pre-recorded because I'm uh, taking on Frontier Day War, which is the 20th of January, which is the day that marks the execution of Tanamunwe and Morbohina in Melbourne in 1842. If you are in Melbourne right now, you've got an hour to get to the Tanaminuaya Mobile Hina commemoration at the corner of Bowen and Franklin Street in Melbourne. If you can't make it, don't despair. The first hour of the commemoration will be uh, broadcast live by Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, if you can't get that radio station, that's understandable because you could be listening to this program anywhere in Australia. Go to the web. Uh, 3cr.org.au 3cr.org.au Listen to the broadcast at 1 o'clock We'll be walking down to the Queen Victoria Market to lay flowers at what we believe is their last resting place Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au 3cr.org.au The uh, program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can join Pipsy by going to pipsy.net, downloading an application form. And don't forget, first Friday of the month, 4.30pm, Federation Square in Melbourne, and then up to the Herald and Weekly Times building at 5pm. So join us in this uh, David and Goliath struggle to ensure the corporate sector pays their fair share so that everybody in this country shares in the Commonwealth, not just the privileged few. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in 
next week to the Anarchist World This Week on your local community radio station via the Community Radio Network. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World This Week. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international...